From sea to shining sea, America's favorite uncle, Bumpkin Bob. Hey y'all, this is Bumpkin Bob coming to you from Silo Springs, Arkansas. We're now in the middle of September, a couple of weeks into college football season, and uh, we will talk at the end of this episode, probably take up most of the end of this episode, about the Arkansas Razorbacks and just some things going on. Uh, some announcements to give out. Country Music lost two more people this week. Uh or actually last weekend, actually. Uh, Don Williams passed away, the gentle giant. One of my favorites, the Williams Boys and Me. has got to be one of the best songs ever, in my opinion. And we also lost Troy Gentry, part of our Montgomery Gentry duo, to a helicopter crash. Uh, our prayers and thoughts here at the Bumpkin Bob Show go out to both families. Uh not sure about Don Williams, whether it was really ex- expected or not. I mean, news just said that uh, he died due to complications from a illness. And, uh, of course, everybody by now knows that Troy was in that helicopter crash. I'm sure sometime this week there'll be some things coming out about that. But uh, just sad week for country music. This has been a hard year so far. Uh, another announcement again, like I wanted to say, it is my birthday month. Uh, no bumpkin will be turning 53 this year. Uh, we are not politically affiliated. We're not affiliated with any organizations like the NCAA or anybody else that keeps us from getting presents. So, hey, if anybody wants to give the old bumpkin a present, you know, I, I'm more than happy to accept those. Just so you know. Uh, Another announcement I wanted to make was, I'm not sure how many people know this, but on the 18th of this month, our United States Air Force turned 70. Wanted to get that out there because my dad and my son-in-law both served in the Air Force. And uh, so if you know anybody, Monday, that served or have a family member that served in the Air Force, you know, make sure you touch base with them. Let them know you're thinking about them. Let them know you appreciate their service uh, and that their branch actually is turning 70. I believe the Air Force was part of the Army, and then there was a – and I can't remember now exactly what it was called. There was a act passed in 1947 to actually make it its own entity, its own service branch. And so that was done on September 18th of 1947. So again, the Air Force turned 70. If you know anybody that served in the Air Force, make sure you touch base with them Monday and uh, just let them know you're thinking about them. Uh, make sure everybody knows to go visit us on Facebook. Join, uh, like our page there on Facebook. We're getting a lot of likes. Go over there and join the Bumpkin Army so that you can send us an email. And uh, as a matter of fact, we got some emails on there that I wanted to read today. Uh, Our first email comes from Brandon in Greenbrier. And Brandon writes, Hi, Uncle Bob. You still owe me $50 for the intake. Now, let me tell you something. I was looking for an aluminum intake and... He dropped one off that was a cast iron that he'd painted silver and he didn't even turn the take the grease and the mud off of it. So if he thinks I'm paying him $50 for that, and it wasn't even a four barrel intake, it was a two barrel. So you're not getting paid. Let's move on to another one. Uh, Sally in Missouri writes, hi, bumpkin asshole. Come get this fucking truck and bring me my $500. Okay, now wait a minute. Number one, I didn't agree to buy that truck from your uh, meth-ridden brother, and I'm not bringing you $500. And apparently, we need to screen these emails a little better before we actually read them on air. So we're going to shit can reading any more emails today and move on to something else. Uh, A uh, few episodes ago, I alluded to... uh, it actually wasn't episodes. It's it, you're going to see this on a uh, some uh, 
advertisements or blips from the show about the pros and cons of a porta potty. Well, there are no pros. I mean, I, I, I'm hard pressed to find any. And, and the cons are just obvious. They smell, they're hot in the summer, cold in the winter. It's just, oh my God, there's just, I mean, you got to really have to go to use one. You know what I'm saying? And all you construction people out there know what I'm talking about. They're, they're nasty, but they usually clean them once a week. And by the time it gets to the end of the week, it's just, oh my God. And really and truly, you know, most superintendents on job sites don't get enough to actually accommodate everybody there. So they get really nasty, usually about three days in. So my opinion, you know, you general contractors need to up your game a little bit and have them clean twice a week or get enough on the job to actually service everybody. It's just ridiculous. I mean, you get people that are going down the road somewhere just to use a porta potty or to use a regular bathroom when there's a porta potty right there. So Again, there are no pros, it's all cons, which is going to lead up to our job site tale for the day. Uh, now, I'm not going to use this guy's name, but you're going to know who he is by the time I'm through talking because of his relationship to me. But let's just start off by saying a... Let's call him an acquaintance. He's really not an acquaintance. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's within earshot of hearing this, so he's probably going to have something to say about it. But uh, we'll call him an acquaintance for now. An acquaintance of mine called me one day, and this would have been the summer of 2010. And it's pretty hot summer that year. And we I was actually working a job here in Salem Springs, which is unusual that I was working close to home, but they were re-roofing Northside Elementary. Well, on this roof they had ran they'd set panels for all the rooftop units and then ran conduit on top of the roof. So what we did was we went over tore all that conduit off so they could take all the compressor units for each classroom and set them off the roof. They tore the roof off this building, redid it, put a new membrane back, and then we went back in and ran all new conduit. And it was all screw, what we call screw pipe, which is rigid conduit. So we're up there. You know, middle of July on top of this roof running conduit. And my acquaintance calls. He says, hey, he said, I know you're drinking a lot of water because you're up there working in the heat and up on this roof. And he said, I got this new stuff. And, and now I may not have all the details exactly right, but uh, I guess apparently they say that water is the pH level is more on the acid side instead of the alkaline side and that it really needs to be on the alkaline side. It's better for you, whatever. Don't know the old details. But anyway, he, he was, he was getting into this, selling this, these machines that, that do this alkaline water or whatever. They help change the pH of the water in a, he had a guy in Springdale that was wanting to bring me a couple of gallons, like three or four gallons of this water to try. Well, I was having to gonna be in Lowell in the next afternoon, so he had the guy come over and meet me at Lowell. So I'm talking with the guy and he's giving me all the in twos and the wherefores and the what ofs of this. And uh, he said, now, if you'd like to do this, if you like this water and you'd like to buy one of the machines or even start selling the machines yourself, light bulb, uh, there was going to be a guy who had got him into it doing a seminar at the Holiday Inn. Well, I asked him what the guy's name was, and 
when he told me the guy's name, I said, basically, I recognize the guy's name. And I'm not going to say it here. He is. He was originally from Marshall, Arkansas, and and I know him, and he knows a bunch of my family that lives over in Searcy County. And I said, so it's multi-level marketing. No, 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 that's not what this is. I'm like, okay. So anyway, I took the water, and uh, the next day I started drinking it. Well, now I'm, I'm working on a roof. You know, you have to go up and down an extension ladder to get on. And uh, this school is probably, I don't know, 40,000 square foot building. I may be underestimating. but uh, So I'm all over the top of this building. But uh, start drinking this water. And, and then I mention it's hot. Oh, my God, it's hot. And then they had set the porta potties. When you come down the extension ladder, they were sitting all the way on the other side of the the parking lot. Well, probably about two hours into my day, it hit me the first time. And it was like, and we all know that feeling. And I'm trying to be nice and not say ugly words while I'm doing this, but I had that feeling. So across the roof I went down the extension ladder, all the way to the port potty. Do my business, come back on the roof, drink me some more of this water, start going back to work. Drink a little more water, it's hot, you know, try and keep some water, keep hydrated. You guys that work construction know, man, during the summer you got to stay hydrated. Got to, just got to. So, uh, Kept drinking this water, and it hit me again. Here I go. So, you know, after probably four or five trips to the porta potty, I called my acquaintance, and I said, I got a question. He's like, what? And I said, start drinking this water this morning, and it's giving me diarrhea. And he's like, oh, yeah, it'll do that for the first week or two till you get used to it. And I'm like, that is information I needed. So basically, in about a six-hour time period, even though I drank two gallons of water, I was dehydrating myself because, believe me, it was coming out faster than it was going in. And, and just something for you people that like to go to these spas and, and do a colon cleanse, Apparently, if you'll buy you a few gallons of that water from somebody, that will take care of the job. Because I guarantee you, it will cleanse everything you got out of you. Oh, my God. So that's our porta potty stories for the day. I bet y'all are glad y'all heard that, aren't you? Another thing I wanted to talk about today is and it's another story. I'm gonna tell a family story today, and that was kind of a oh, if I say this, it's gonna give it away. That was really a family story there because the acquaintance is kin to me. But uh, I'm gonna tell another family story today just because it's been on my mind the last couple of days, and I thought I'd just tell this one. And and it has nothing to do with anything. It just tickles me. And, uh, you know, there's just been some stuff about uh, bullying, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and actually, my daughter just was showing me a video on some videos on YouTube of uh, a dad. Called, he likes to wear a Batman mask and, and aggravate the living shit out of his kids. It is funny as crap. And uh, my kids are like, that looks like some shit you would have done, Dad. And it probably is. But, I mean, I came by it naturally because I got tormented as a kid by a specific family member. Only hers were a little more, I don't know how you would say it, uh, they were a little more mean-spirited, maybe. And just so she knows what she watches is I love you to pieces and she knows I do but uh 
We're going to tell this story. And some of you are going to know who I'm talking about. Some of you aren't. I'm not sure if I should even say names. Uh, pretty sure the statute of limitations has ran out on this. <laughs> I don't think she'll get in trouble. And God love her. I, I feel certain she probably really didn't mean it. Uh. In and around, trying to think what year it would have been, probably about 79. Let me think. Let me do a little thinking. I'm trying to run this through my brain here. Uh, man, that might be too late because I'm not sure how old we would have been. But, uh, Anyway, it was the summer between ninth and 10th grade because uh, we had just moved out to the Landmark community, which is kind of, uh, I guess it's really south of Little Rock, southwest of Little Rock. And uh, mom and dad moved out there. And, uh, of course, dad worked and did his little thing at Arkansas Electric and Mom worked for Magic Mart stores at the time. I don't know if any of y'all remember the Magic Mart stories, stores, stories. Uh, they were owned, I believe, by the Gunnafest family out of Hot Springs, Garland County, down in that area. They owned a bunch, the Magic Mart, M-A-R-T, and then they owned the Sterling Five and Dime stores. But my mom worked for the jewelry department, which was actually... I don't remember the name of them. They were actually like a, a sublease in the Magic Mart store. She actually worked for the jewelry company itself. But she ran the jewelry department at the one there in Little Rock, Southwest Little Rock. But mom would work, you know, one week like 9 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. And then the next week she'd work 3 in the afternoon to 9 at night because that store was open from like 9 in the morning to 9 at night. And I'm sure all of y'all remember when the department stores used to just be open like that. I mean, they they were usually open either 8 to 8 or 9 to 9 and just six days a week. Most places weren't open on Sundays back then. But uh, mom had left for work, and I got up, you know, out of bed. It's summer, so I'm not really in a big hurry about anything. And uh, I walked in and sat down in the living room in a rocking chair my mom had. And actually, that rocking chair sitting in my living room. That rocking chair, I'm pretty sure, rocked every one of my mom and dad's grandkids at some point. But, uh, and I'm not exactly sure when she got it or, or anything like that. It's, I mean, I, I don't think it's like a 1940s antique. It's probably from the 70s. But anyway, sitting in that rocking chair, <laughs> And my sister told me that mom had told her to go to the grocery store and to take me with her. And I'm like, I'm not going to the grocery store. I'm not doing it. And she just kept on and kept on. And she got madder and madder. And, you know, she's pretty tough. She's tough as nails. And, and now I'm going to tell you all right now, I do not advocate striking a woman. I, I, I don't put up with it, but, uh, you know, I was, I think I was like 13, maybe 14 at the most and, uh, had, had been taking an ass whipping from my sister most of my life. I, I don't care. I mean, it doesn't bother me to admit that, but, uh, anyway, she kept getting madder and madder. She walked around behind me and, Got two handfuls of hair and was just picking me up and down in that rocking chair. So I I, I gave her a little love tap, you know, kind of get her to turn loose. And any of y'all remember that movie, The Exorcist? Oh my God, she came alive. I was like, oh crap. So I have fucked up now. So she went in the dining room and into the kitchen. And when she come back, she had a butcher knife. And I decided. It was time for Bumpkin to leave. So I went out the front door, and Mom and Dad had a double-wide trailer that at the time was not underpinned. So 
and oh, oh my God, this is about as bunk as you can get. The front steps were just stacked cinder blocks, and I know everybody's seen that, you know, and I'm sure I could tell, boy, everybody's some rednecks live there, just got the cinder blocks stacked up for steps, but that's basically what we had. So I went out the front door, kind of fell off the side, and rolled underneath the trailer, and that's where I stayed while she looked around for me. She looked at all the vehicles and the sheds and everything that was there. She looked everywhere but underneath the trailer. Well, she went back in the house, and I could hear her stomping around in there because she was mad. I mean, she was bad mad. Is that a good word? Bad mad. Anyway, she finally come out, had her shit, went and got in her car and left, went to the grocery store. I took that as my cue to go back in the house and get some tennis shoes and leave. And I did not come back until mom got home that afternoon because I ain't no fool. I like to say my mom didn't raise no, no, how do I say that? My mom raised a fool, but I got a sister, but my sisters don't like me saying that. I'm not exactly sure why. But anyway, I, I didn't come back till mom got home. And we did not tell that story. I don't think anybody actually knew it until we were on up probably. Uh, well, mom passed away in 91, and I'm pretty sure it's probably, you know, 89 or 90 before me or almost Saturday told that story. But, uh, you know, we look back on it and laugh now, but I'm not too sure she wouldn't have stabbed me with that butcher knife. I don't know. She's a pretty mean old gal. She's pretty rough, too. That's all I got to say about that. She might end up whooping somebody's booty, Rudy. Uh, we're going to move on now. By the way, just so she knows, and I want to reiterate this, I love her to pieces. And... Uh, Anyway, just so we'll give a shout out to her and her husband and her daughter. And uh, I love y'all. If you come to visit, don't bring no butcher knives, though, okay? Let's just ixnay on the knife phase, so to speak. Uh, I guess the big thing that's been in everybody's mind last week was the thumping we took from TCU here in Fayetteville. And I'm back talking about your beloved Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, this week, you know, there's been several job site conversations about the whole thing. Uh, my son-in-law is a sports fanatic and – when I need to know something, he's who I ask. And uh, me and him got a chance Thursday to have a little talk, and I got to hear some of his opinions and what he thinks about things. Uh, kind of where everybody's going is, you know, this is our our fifth year under Coach B. Uh, I would – I would be willing to bet because the year before Coach B got here, we had an interim head coach, which was uh, John L. Smith. And I'm pretty sure John L. probably didn't recruit nobody. So given that year plus the four years he's already been here, I would be willing to bet that everybody that's dressed out up there is Coach B's guys. I mean, these are guys that he's recruited and are walk-ons that he's gave scholarships to or that are just walking on. But I'm pretty sure it's all Coach B's guys. You know, now, uh, the thing that's gotten to me the most this week, and, and it wasn't really just this week, this conversation's been going on all summer long with the sports shows up here. And now, you know, if you if you look at the sports shows the uh, that are on the ESPN radio up here and and I'm pretty sure they're they're statewide uh the people who know the the guys that 
let me rephrase that. The people who are supposed to know, the guys that are doing the show, the guys that are uh, calling in that they have call in their guests that call in. These are ESPN and Fox Sports analysts that are and people that write publications about college football. These are the guys that are supposed to know. I mean. They're the ones that keep up with it more than anybody else. And, and the thing I keep hearing and been hearing all summer is the best a program like Arkansas is going to do is a six, seven, eight win season. That's the best you can hope for every year. The, the, these analysts say because of our location in Fayetteville, because we're in the the western half of the SEC, which people really view as being the tougher half of that conference, uh, and because of our not just location, there's a bunch of factors in there about our recruiting ability and getting recruits to come here that, you know, that's the best we're ever going to do. We're never going to have a top 15 recruiting class you know, and, and actually, th- there was one of the shows that went as far this summer to say that if if the Razorbacks, the flagship program of the U of A system, had been in Little Rock this whole time, that it would be a completely different thing because, according to them, they felt like they would be able to recruit better from Little Rock than they could here. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just repeating what I heard. But but that being said, they're saying, you know, a 50% to like a 60-65% win ratio is all we're going to ever achieve. That's We're never going to compete for the West. We're never going to compete for a national championship. And, you know, and we should be satisfied winning six, seven, eight games a year. And that every now and then, and, and I heard somebody say it's about every five to six years you should get a nine or ten season win. That's not going to happen this season, I guarantee it, and we're, we're due for one. But it ain't going to be this year. That being said, why should we support them? Why, why do we go root for those that we know we're settling for mediocrity? And that that's the best we're ever going to get, you know. And and it and it comes up too that, you know, it, they've kind of alluded to that it really doesn't matter who's coaching the team, you know, whether it's a four million dollar year coach or a million dollar year coach. That's the best we're ever going to do. And if that's the truth, why are we paying a million, four million dollars for a coach to be mediocre? Ah, mediocre. I think I said that wrong. I'm not real sure about that. That that really kind of bothers me. You know, that's there's a lot of money there just being wasted if we could do the same thing with a million, million five coach. Uh, I'm not sure what Arkansas has to do to change that. But it's like, why, why should we be happy with that? You know, I mean, some of the sports shows have even alluded to that, that quit getting your hopes up, be happy with seven, eight wins a year, you know, and just let it go. Enjoy that. And it's like, wow, I mean, if that's the best we're ever going to do, why would we enjoy that? I mean, I'm pretty sure over the last hundred years, or whatever it is that the Chicago Cubs fans didn't just enjoy getting a crap beat out of them every year, you know it, you know, and, and then they finally win the World Series again this year or this past year in 2016. You know, it's like, why should we be happy with being mediocre? There, there's no point in that, man. And I got so many points I want to make; it ain't even funny. Uh. I just can't understand being mediocre and being happy with it. It it boggles my mind. 
I just want to know what everybody else thinks about it. I mean, hit us up on our, you know, go in there and like our Facebook, join the Bumpkin Army, and hit us up with some comments in there about what y'all think about the Razorbacks right now, where they're at and where they're going. Uh, I heard a and, – and he's more of a sports book analyst yesterday – and, and basically, he was hard-pressed to find us six wins this year. I mean, most of the games that we're playing from here on out, he had us listed as an underdog. And he said now he likes to bet the underdogs, but the the spread was so much that he didn't think, you know, that we'd be able to do anything. And, you know, was going to be hard-pressed to have six wins this year like to know what y'all think about that. You know, do you – I don't know. It's just – it's the weirdest thing. And and back to the recruiting thing. It's like they say, well, you can't recruit football players to the University of Arkansas while it's at Fayetteville or in Fayetteville. It's like, okay, we're recruiting baseball players. We're, we're coming back on recruiting basketball players. They've always been able to recruit track athletes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, did this women's soccer team not end the year last year kicking butt and have already started doing that this year? And that being said, I mean, so they're recruiting women soccer players. The, the other sports at the U of A seem to be able to recruit and compete and, and, and you can point at the basketball team, and I understand that. I mean, they went through some bad times there when Nolan left, and they're, they're still trying to recover from that. But they did win a national championship in 94. And they were, uh, they were a big deal on the national scene while Nolan was here. And I think they're going to get back to that at some point. I mean, I, I can see with the facilities. That's another thing with the facilities the U of A has. Wh- why would anybody spend that kind of money on rental stadium and the practice facilities and everything else they've got to be mediocre? That makes no sense to me there either. It's like it, it, I just have a problem with the whole thing. Another thing, and we've talked about this before, and I'm going to bring it up again because it just aggravates the living piss out of me. Uh, on some of the sports shows this this past week, in two weeks, they have talked about War Memorial Stadium, and about Jonesboro, about the A-State over there. And it's like some of these guys, I understand, they're from out of state. They've, they're have they transplanted in here. Now, granted, you know, some of them that's on that, that talk show have been here since 75, but they're not native Arkansans. And I'm going to call one person out, and, that, and that's uh, – Clay Henry, it's like he was even bad-mouthing Jonesboro a little bit. Not as bad as the other ones were, but he's a native Arkansan, or I think he is. I mean, Orville Henry was writing for the Democrat for I don't know how long or whichever one he was writing for. And it's like, so I know he's a native Arkansan, and it's like, you know, they're they're – going to probably pull the games in Little Rock after 2018. Arkansas has never played an in-state school, and they never will probably. I mean, whatever the reason being. But it's like the sports shows, and, and Benton and Washington County more specifically up here, it's like they're trying to uh, – cut themselves loose from the rest of the state. Instead of trying to pull the whole state together, you know, and let's, let's, let's all back the Razorbacks wholeheartedly, one state, one. It's like they're doing everything they can to separate themselves from the rest of the state by 
bad-mouthing Little Rock. Little Rock's losing their games. Quit bad-mouthing them. You won. Get over it. Now quit bad-mouthing those people and try to bring them back into the fold. It's the same thing with A-State. Arkansas is never going to play A-State, although right now, I'm not too sure if they played A-State this year, A-State wouldn't beat their ass. And maybe that's what part of the deal is over here, why everybody's so adamant about not playing A-State and bad-mouthing them is because they know that they might not be able to compete with them this year. So, again, instead of bad-mouthing Jonesboro or bad-mouthing A-State, you should be trying to bring them in and, and unite this state. Now, here again, and, you know, and I, I don't know anybody's, you know, where they came from and what they think. A lot of these people that have moved into Benton and Washington County up here, you know, the Ozark Mountains are beautiful. I am not disagreeing with that. But they move in up here and they think this is all, this is what Arkansas should look like in the whole state. And it's not. So when they go into South Arkansas or over into Eastern Arkansas, they fucking hate it. And they come over here and badmouth. And then it's like, why are you badmouthing something you don't you don't see the beauty in everything that's there? You know, what about the fact that eastern Arkansas grows a big chunk of the rice that's consumed in the world? It's grown in Arkansas over there on the eastern side of the state. You know, you got to quit looking at those big farm fields as being ugly. I mean, that's that's a crop. That's that's what people eat. I mean, they're feeding the world, people. South Arkansas, they get down into South Arkansas and they see these these vast pine forests, and you know, and then they'll see a big area that's been cut over, and they talk about how ugly it is. But what they don't realize is that cut over, you know, the the brush and the browse is there. It provides shelter and food for deer and, and a vast array of other animal species that are native to Arkansas. And it's like, you need to look past what you're seeing and see the beauty of that. And and that cut over where whoever it's being, Warehouser, Georgia Pacific, International Paper Company, went in there and they've cut 400 acres, cut all the pine trees off of them. They're going to go back in and plant that in pine trees. And it's like that, the different stages of those pine forests provide different things for the wildlife in that area. So don't quit looking at that as being ugly. You know, you got to look past that. There are things all over this state that are pretty. And you people that move in here, Got to quit just looking at Northwest Arkansas and going, well, Northwest Arkansas is pretty, but the rest of the state sucks. The rest of the state does not suck. We're all Arkansas, and we need to be united as Arkansas. You know, and it, that really aggravates me to hear those sports shows. I'll listen to it for a minute, and then I shut it off because I'm tired of hearing it. It's like, you know, and my oldest son went to A-State, and graduated from there. So I, I'm i all about a state in Arkansas State. Just make sure everybody knows I'm talking about Arkansas State. And again, you know, it's like Arkansas and the rest of these Division One. I, I don't even think there is a Division One anymore. I don't understand how they do that. Used to that upper tier of schools played those lower tier of schools, one or, one or two of them a year. And, and paid them to come basically take an ass whipping. And it was to move some of that money out of these bigger schools into the smaller ones. Or that's what I always thought it was for. And I never could understand why Arkansas would want to play Boise State or the Citadel, which they lost to, by the way, that year. Everybody remembers Jack Crow getting fired first game of the season. That being said, I never understood why they wanted to move that money out of the state. And it's like, why not play a state 
and keep that money in-house. Now, we talked about this uh, several episodes ago. It's like, I hope UALR still is looking at getting a football team. I mean, I would like to see them come up and fill War Memorial Stadium, play six or seven home games every year, and give the people down there something to cheer about. Because your Arkansas Razorbacks are moving out. That also pisses me off when the sports shows up here, not, or the television news shows, you know, they last week before we played TCU, they were going, Arkansas's first home game. No, God damn it. They already played one home game. Little Rock is a home game. It's in the state of Arkansas. It's always been a home game. I mean, even back, you know, in the 60s and 70s when they played half their games in Little Rock, it was considered a home game game. They needed that money out of Little Rock. And it's like now they think they don't need it. So they want to just they not only want to quit playing in ULR, they don't want the people in Little Rock even coming up here. You know, they they don't want them buying tickets. They don't want to do nothing. They want to build a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand people stadium here and fill it up with people in Benton and Washington County. They don't want nobody else from the state coming up here. I honestly sometimes believe the Razorback fans in Benton and Washington County would love it if they could cut those two counties out, call them Northwest Arkansas, make them the 51st state, and they have their own governor and legislatures so that they won't have they don't have to look at the rest of the state. And it's like, y'all need to stop that. The state needs to unite. And I'm a firm believer that if the University of Arkansas, the Razorbacks, want to move forward, they're going to have to unite this state. I mean, and and I'll be honest with you, I would love to see some people like Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson and Ken Hatfield and Barry Switzer, who coasted the U of A. I mean, I'd love to see some people like that come out you know, and try to help unite this state behind the Arkansas Razorbacks. That being said, another thing that's been aggravating the living shit out of me is them saying, well, we have to recruit we have to recruit in Alabama and Texas and wherever else, California and Florida, because there ain't no football players in the state of Arkansas. Darren McFadden. You know, let's just point him out first. You look at a Darren McFadden and then tell me there's no football players in the state of Arkansas? Bullshit. And I'll tell you something else. Another thing that's bothered me, and I noticed it last year, me and the guys talked about it. It's like as soon as Arkansas gets behind, as soon as they get behind, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, as soon as they get behind, everybody on the sidelines lowers their head, including the coaches. There is nobody on that sidelines that's fired up, that thinks they're still in the game. As soon as they get behind, they give up. Every last one of them. There's nobody going up and down the the bench going, stand up and keep rooting and keep fighting and – you know, hold your head up and, and let's get back in, get your head and your focus back in the game. No, they all sit down and they lower their head and they look at the ground, including the coaches. Every one of them does it. Bugs the living shit out of me. That being said, I don't know how many people we dress out for a home game, but it uh, seems like they can only travel with 70. I'm not sure about that. But let's say they dress out a hundred. Honestly, this is God's honest truth. I would rather see one hundred kids and young adult men. There, those guys are young adults from the state of Arkansas, undersized, whatever you want to call them, under not fast enough, whatever. I'd rather see 100 of them from the state of Arkansas standing on the sidelines, still rooting at the end of the game, even though they're getting the shit beat out of them, than 100 kids from out of the state 
that didn't grow up as Razorback fans could give a shit less about the Razorbacks. They're just there either as a stepping stone to get an education or a stepping stone to play in the NFL. That's all they care about. And the only reason their head is down because they know their NFL career is in jeopardy because the, the coaching staff is making bad calls or whatever the problem is, and they're losing. So they've all got their heads down. And, again, I'd rather see 100 kids that grew up, you know, from Prescott, Arkansas, or, or Hamburg, or uh, Texarkana, Arkansas, Jonesboro, Pocahontas, Little Rock, Ozark, Fort Smith, kids from all over this state grew up as Razorback fans that walk onto that field and are proud to wear that uniform. You know, and those kids are going to fight till the bitter end, you know, because they've had the well, they're short life. I mean, these kids are only 18 to 22 years old. So for 18 to 22 years, they've been watching shit like the John L. Smith and that catastrophe, you know, and and they're up there trying to make that program better than a bunch of kids from out of state that don't give a shit about being a hog. That's just my opinion. And, uh, I think I've even tweeted a couple times, hashtag, hashtag recruit Arkansas, and that's what I'm talking about. We need to recruit in the state of Arkansas. You know, I, I think we're letting kids that are, that probably would be proud. Oh, my God, Brandon Burlesworth. I mean, he wasn't even recruited, but he walked on because he wanted to be a Razorback. You know, so, again, you start naming people through through the years, you know, Darren McFadden, Brandon Burlesworth, and my name, my, my whole brain just went blank. But it's like all these kids are from Arkansas that that made a contribution to that team because they wanted to play for the Razorbacks. That's their state team. Those are the kids we need to be recruiting, not kids from Florida and Texas. Sorry, kids from Florida and Texas. Now, you know, if you got a tied Arkansas, your mom and dad was born and raised here or something like that, that'd be different. But, you know, those are the kids we need to be recruiting, I think. If we're only going to do six wins a year, let's do it with kids from Arkansas. You know, that's, that's my opinion right there. Again, uh, and I, from the coaching staff, I'm so tired of hearing the excuses. Well, that's something we got to work on. We've been hearing about things you need to work on since day one. You know, it's like at some point work on them and get get that taken care of. Uh, again, we're we're paying Coach Bealum a four million dollars a year. Are we really getting our money's worth? I mean, are we paying somebody $4 million a year for mediocre? Is that really what we're going for? That makes no sense to me. You know, and and people say it's unrealistic to want to beat Alabama every year. Bullshit. I want to beat Alabama every year. You know, and to tell you the truth, just to be honest with you, because I'm sure it's coming. It's like Alabama gets this free ride as far as NCAA investigations, but Clemson, you know, rose up and beat them last year for the national championship, and they're looking pretty good this year. I would suspect that Clemson's probably going to get an NCAA investigation because the NCAA is going to go, oh, my God, somebody's competing with Alabama. They're probably cheating. What about Alabama? I mean, do y'all ever look at them? And it's like, oh, my, I just can't, can't fathom that they get 50 five-star recruits every year from the state of Alabama or wherever they're getting them from. It's ridiculous. So, 
again, that's been my whole deal about this this last week. Uh, we won't film another show before they play Texas A&M. Or we'll film shows before they play Texas A&M. So it may be a couple of shows before we get to talk about how the A&M game turns out. I hope it turns out pretty good in Jerry's world. Uh, apparently, both coaches are on the hot seat now. I don't know what A&M's paying their coach, but if they're paying him $4 million, they're not getting their money's worth either. That's all I'm saying about that. Uh want to make sure – I want to thank everybody that has liked our Facebook page. Again, when you go over there to Facebook, also join that Bumpkin Army group. Uh, we really want to get that going, get some Bumpkin Army people out there. And uh, uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Bumpkin Bob Show. Uh, trying to get those tweets going, uh, trying to get Instagram going and getting it up and going. But uh, make sure you stay and, and stay tuned with us every Saturday. Come back and and catch a new episode of us ranting and raving, carrying on. Uh, again, on the emails, I want to know what you think about the Razorbacks. I want to know what you think about Coach B, where we're at. You know, and let me know, is mediocre all right with you? I mean, hey, if it is, I'll shut up, you know. But would really like to know where y'all stand on that. Make sure also that you get in your job site tales. I want to read some job site tales from somebody other than me. So make sure you get those into us. And until next week, this is Bumpkin Bob signing off.